Good ladies, evening, and gentlemen. And we got, no, sorry. Good late no, no. Good ladies, good evening, and ladies, and gentlemen. Oh, dear. From, from now on, I must rehearse everything. Wait a minute. No, listen, tonight, no. <laughs> You lay them, dear, I'll sell them. She's going to be a godsend tonight. Thank God we've got here. Oh, no. Don't encourage her that, that, that she'll want money. She'll think she's in the act. No, she's not a stooge. She is for real, aren't you, girl? Yeah. No, no, no listen, tonight, I've had a terrible experience tonight. No, I, I, did, I, I really have a shocking experience. I, I'm flustered. I feel limp. I, limp. I, and that, no, I, I feel an limp. An outrage has been perpetrated upon my person. And not a nice one, it's a nasty coffee got there. No, uh, not a nice outrage. No, I have been hijacked. I, no, my life, I have been hijacked. My jack has never been so high. This, no. No, this is no laughing matter, as you obviously think. You're not daft, are you? <laughs> No, I know. I no, I tell you what happened. I tell you what happened. I was walking along, you know, walking on the street, minding my own business. You see, but I'm minding everybody else's business as well. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, would it be a good idea to walk in the stock exchange and shout out Labour Party? But two cloaked, thank you, a solitary laughter. When two two cloaked footpads jumped on me, brandishing firearms, and they grasped, they grasped me. With arms of steel and a stuck a shorn off um. <laughs> it's a lot. It's very difficult to say this. It's all right for you, Mrs. I'll say it again. And stuck a shorn off shotgun. That's up. Stuck a. <laughs> well, a gun. They stuck it up my left nostril. And do you know what I did? Do you know what I did? I looked them straight in the eye and I said, "You're looking at a man." I said, "Who doesn't know the meaning of the word fear?" And these saucy yobbos. They said, fear is a painful emotion aroused by a sense of impending danger. I said, in that case, you are looking at a man who does know the meaning of the word fear. <laughs> and they crushed me. And I collapsed. I collapsed. <laughs> Listen, I know what I did. I collapsed. I collapsed. Lucky for me, the pavement broke my fall. But when I... Oh, isn't this whimsical? When I came to it, I was in a small, dimly lit room, very dimly lit, this room. I was strapped to a chair. Strapped to a chair, see? And I, I had a ringing in my ear. It was a phone, a telephone. So, <laughs> guess what I did? I answered it. <laughs> Aren't I clever? I'm no fool. <laughs> but don't take a vote on it. Listen. <laughs> but I listened to the phone, you see. I heard these, I heard these champagne corks, like sounds of champagne corks, and a small group playing in the background. It was glasses clinking and sounds giggling. It's obviously a party line. Party line! Giggling girl, come on, buck up, don't go off. <laughs> this is very witty, this. There was no time to lose. The hijackers would return at any moment. See, now, as you know, it isn't easy to make a phone call when you're strapped to a chair with your hands tied behind your back. It's nearly as difficult as making one from a public call box. <laughs> so, there's a bit of satire there. So, I held the phone in my gob. And I dialed 999, that's the police call, 999 with my big toe. It was engaged. Oh, I'm not surprised, because crime is so bad nowadays, you know. Even crowds are going around in pairs. Anyway, finally, <laughs> I got the operator. Hello, operator, I said. I'm the famous star of stage, street and radio. Fr 
I know what I am. Francis Howard. Not Coward. Howard, I said. Howard. Well, I said, Howard, you've heard... Um, was there, is there somebody else there, then? Well, somebody's been listening to my radio series. Well, look, take down this number. It's 123-9580. 123-9580. Get the police to find out the address and rescue me. Don't get a pencil, then. Huh? Well, well... Oh, I see. You've got another pencil. Good. It's broken? Oh, uh, ah, yeah. You've got a biro. What? Oh, it's... I don't have ink. Oh, you, ah, you've got a pen. The, 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 the nib's broken? Oh, ah, well, no, you've got a typewriter. Oh, the ribbon's come off. Oh, well, no, well, forget it. Look, just ring the BBC. Ring the BBC. The number is 1239580. Wait a minute. That's the number on this phone. I am at the BBC. I've been hijacked by the BBC. We present the Frankie Howard Show. With June Whitfield and Ray Fell. And here he is, Frankie Howard. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's why I was hijacked, to make sure I would get here. Well, now, good and ladies, evening and gentlemen... Oh, God, this is where we came in. No, 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 let's start again. Now, this is where it really starts. Before I begin talking, my friends, there is something I want to say. Now, tonight's show takes us to foreign parts. Foreign parts. All right, missus. <laughs> no, the parts aren't foreign to you, girl. <laughs> you don't know what foreign parts she's after. Never mind. I'm talking now about somewhere that's full of foreign bodies... I'm talking about abroad. Here's <laughs> a many are starting to palpitate now. I mean, abroad, not abroad. Oh, shut your face. Anyway, we must have a bit of decorum. A bit of decorum, Mrs. That's all you're going to get. A bit of decorum. The scene changes. I found myself aboard a BAC 111 waiting for the takeoff. Good morning, everyone. Welcome aboard Flight 432, London to Morocco. This is your fellow passenger speaking. I apologise for the late arrival of this passenger. This was due to alarm clock failure. <laughs> and now to help pass the time, fellow passengers, your favourite funster will do a little bit of entertainment. I thank you. One, two, one, two, three. I'm singing in the plane. I'm singing in the plane. What a glorious feeling. It isn't a glorious feeling. I'm singing in the plane. Don't you know this is a first-class cabin? And don't you know this is a first-class performance? I say, old boy, I'm very tired, really. I want to catch up on my sleep. Don't want a lot of chat. I've been to the UNO all night. Where? The UNO. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think it's the change in the water, I know. <laughs> I take these tablets myself. Mind you, they are a bind. They are a bind! <laughs> Isn't this whimsical? Isn't it? Oh, shut your faces, then. I was referring to the United Nations organization. Oh. Surely you know you know. Oh, yes. I know you know, and now you know I know you know you know. I think the next seven hours are going to be a lot of fun. They're in no time, aren't they? Look, will you kindly keep quiet? Yeah, yeah. Yes, shut up. All right, I can take a hint, all right. Enough said, a wink as good as a nod. My lips are sealed. Good. 
I'll not say another word. Thank you. My motto is always make my fellow humans happy. And if it makes you happy, not to another world will you hear me utter. Utter will I not, no uttering. <laughs> oh, look! There are 49 cows in that field. <laughs> look, not that I'm the slightest bit interested, but how do you know that there are exactly 49 cows in that field? Count the legs and divide by four. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this witty drollery? <laughs> you asleep, Mush? Well, Mush, are you asleep? Eh? Oh, good. Pardon? You're not asleep. Good. I uh, was asleep, uh, and you've woken me up. Good. I'm not asleep now. That's right, because I want to tell you this joke. Now, it's about a, one about a doctor who injected this chap, you see. Now, he dug so deep into his... There, see? <laughs> and the bruise came out on the... Of, you know, of the man behind him. You know, the... Yeah. I say, I am a doctor. Oh. Us no, doctors I'm... just don't like jokes about doctors. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'll tell you it differently then. Did you hear the one about the diplomat who did injections? I am a diplomat, old boy. Yes. And us diplomats... Yeah, we've done that gag. We've done that gag. Yes. We don't like jokes about diplomats. Oh, I see. Well, point taken, as the man said after the injection. <laughs> <laughs> now, I tell you what. We don't want to offend anyone. I'll tell you a joke on any subject you like. Do we have to? Yes, come on. Don't be a sports boy. Any subject. Built up. Built up. That's it. Good subject. Built up. I know. Have you had the one that the night... Before he went to the Crusades, said to his lady knight, the missus, Mrs. Knight, you see, don't forget the chastity belt. You see? Belt up. You see? It's clunky. Clunky's going to be a godsend. You see? Belt up. It's clunk click every trip, you see? Oh, shut up. This is your captain speaking. Thank God for that. I apologize for the delay to take off. This is due to mechanical failure. Take off will now be in four hours' time. Oh, no. no. Oh, poor passengers. They're all upset. I know, I'll cheer them up. I'll cheer them up. Right, everyone. All together. One, two, one, two, three. I'm singing in the plane. I'm singing in the plane. And here's another number. One, two, one, two, three. On the good plane, lollipop, up the good. This is your captain speaking. I do hope you're not finding the journey too boring. To help pass the time, we're going to show you a film. So everyone sit back and relax. Oh, thank goodness for that. Anything's better than that singing. Yeah, I agree. Anything's better than that fool. Oh, shush. Everyone, the film's just starting. Look, it's one of my old films. Frankie Howard in the runaway bus. Oh, it's good. You'll enjoy this. This is adorable. Oh, no. I got off the plane at Casablanca, which was very painful because it landed at Tangiers. I was met by a chauffeur and whisked to the theatre called the Fez Empire where Tommy Cooper played the week before. <laughs> and the curtain went up on the first night of my one-man Shakespearean festival. Shakespeare, I was doing my Shakespearean festival, you see. I walked out onto the stage and was greeted with a screaming and a sort of shrieking and a wailing. It sounded like the testing area of a bagpipe factory. For one second, I thought the black watch had parachuted in. Then I saw where the sound was coming from. A ragged group of tall, sort of bearded, white turban Berbers. I was right. The Black Watch had parachuted in. <laughs> I tell you something, I didn't like the look of them. 
I immediately found myself, I was surrounded by 50 angry tribesmen who wanted to make shish kebab out of me. Shish kebab. Only one thing I could say. Pst. No, wait, wait. wait. Pst. Says P-S-S-S-T. Pst. You want to prove it, girl? Should I look, look at the script then? How did you say it? I know you don't shut up. I know you didn't say it. No, I'll do it again. Psst. I've got to splash this woman down here now, poor soul. She's got your plastic neck, dear. It's a splashy script, this. Now, all these burbers all round. You see? And I said, Psst. Want to buy dirty postcards? I did good business, made a couple of quid. More I, I was making for the Shakespearean show. So I went into the act, all these Berber tribesmen. I gave them once more unto the preach, dear friends. And when I'd finished, they all yelled, they together, Arthur, Arthur, you see? So I turned to this impresario, someone who's been the show, and I, saw, I said, they can't have the author? I said, he's been dead for over 400 years. He said, well, if you don't give the Berbers what they want, they'll shoot, they'll start shooting. So I gave them what they want. I put on some clothes, you see, 16th century clothes, and walked back on the stage as this, at the famous bard. Then the Berbers started shooting at me. <laughs> I believe Harold Pinter had the same trouble the week before. <laughs> but it was his own fault. Own fault, I told him. Well, see, one bit told I said, Harold. I said, Harold, I said, you shouldn't write for Tommy Cooper. I said, it's only, you see, you're not up to it. Anyway, I ran out of the theatre, followed by a lot of dirty old Berbers. <laughs> Immediately, I sought refuge in a bazaar. In the Caspar. It was a strange bazaar. A bizarre bazaar. <laughs> it was a bizarre bazaar in the Caspar. <laughs> bizarre bazaar bazaar. I thought quickly. Well, I thought quicker than usual, I thought. <laughs> I grabbed hold, listen, I grabbed hold of a red urn, an urn, red one, and stuck it on my head, you see. I dropped a red yash smack round my shoulders, opened my mouth, and I'd stood there pretending I was a letterbox. <laughs> And it worked, you laugh, but 50 Berbers rushed past me. They only stopped to stick 50 dirty postcards in me gob. I was free. I was free, but the only thing, trouble was with the urn, you see. It was stuck on me bumps. The urn, I couldn't get it off. What was going to happen? Oh, isn't it gripping? France has never been so gripped. Effendi. Yes. You want to buy the urn? No, I can't afford it. I'm sorry. I'm a British tourist. I've got no money. Then give me back my little pot. I can't, it's stuck. Oh, I do feel a little potty. <laughs> I'm in it up to my ears. Good job it was empty. Effendi. What? He who does not purchase the urn will be cursed by the seven plagues. Tormented by fire, eaten by scorpions, gnawed by vermin, thrown into boiling oil, and clawed by vultures, and then left to die in a swamp of mongooses and rattlesnakes. Tonight's party political broadcast... <laughs> was given by Malcolm Muggeridge. <laughs> that urn is a very expensive one. Is it? It's a Moroccan urn. What's a Moroccan urn? <laughs> a Moroccan urn is an object for carrying water. Ah, I don't do the old jokes. Fine, <laughs> I do. No, I am asking, how will you pay for that urn? I thought it was obvious. It's pay as you earn. <laughs> No! I don't want their charity. <laughs> it's a free show. I haven't paid any money to get in. Right. Give me money or I shall call the police. I can't. I have no money. Help! Police! Police! Help! Oh, my God, it's Zed Camels. 
It sticks in a fez green. Stop! Come back! Don't, don't hit me. I'm a British citizen. Why don't you act like a British policeman? Oh, all right. Evening all. That's better. Oh, you stepped on my foot. Why don't you behave like a British citizen? All right, I'll step on your foot again. Oh. Take that. Oh, take that. Oh. You started this. No, you started it. You grabbed hold of my hand. But you grabbed hold of mine. Well, I couldn't help it. But you got your hand on my shoulder. Well, you were squeezing my waist with your arm. Well, what happens now? We dance. <laughs> Shall we dance? What with you? There'll be talk around the Casper if we do. I don't care. Well, I do, so push off. <laughs> we danced. We danced. He insisted on dancing. And we danced right through the main gate of the prison. He was a cunning devil. He was a cunning devil. In the prison. He danced very well for a man whose foot had been stamped on. What a predicament I was in. A predicament. I was in the urn with a jug on my head. I said, sorry, I beg your pardon. No, no, I'll say it again. I was in the jug, the jug with the urn on my head. It was a dirty, dank, ding, ch- oh, God, help us. You try. Where's she? You try, said it. Dirty, dank, dim dungeon. Oh, I was now fed up. I called out to the guard. For pity's sake, get me a doctor. A doctor! For pity's sake, a doctor! Hello, I'm a doctor. What kept you? <laughs> you! Yes. That dreadful man on the plane. What? Oh, the one that kept doing those silly jokes. This is my chance to get even with you. I appeal to you. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> There's nothing I can do to help you, I'm afraid. I'm an ear, nose and throat specialist. Well, this is your chance to become an ear, nose, throat and urn specialist. <laughs> Have you any suggestions? And I don't mean rude ones. Rude suggestions? How dare you? I'm concerned about the urn, mate. The thing I'm interested in is having it off. Mr. Howard! <laughs> I was referring to the urn. Oh, well, in that case, I know what to do. Yes? I shall grab hold of the urn and pull. I see, isn't she clever? Now, will it hurt? National health or private? National health. No! Ah! No, I'm private. No! Ah! You see, it makes no difference. <laughs> For God's sake, get this urn off my head. Money's no object. Oh, well, in that case, I suggest I smash the urn with a hammer. Don't be so silly. Silly! Silly! Oh, my, these pants are tight. I don't know. Silly! It's better. And the silly, the urn cost $20. Well, $20,000. What's that? $20,000. $20,000. That's right. Yes, I've added some. The urn costs. I can't read my own writing. Costs. Well, it costs a lot of money. Well, I'm afraid there's nothing more I can do for you. Look, wait a minute. Look, there's a little gap between the lip of the urn, you see, the urn, and yeah. my head. Now, yeah. if you could slip your hand up inside the urn and Anyone? leave me... Wait a minute, I'm finished the script. Mm. And up inside the urn... <laughs> don't try to build up your party, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you see that? Well, you come in there. I'd yeah, like to finish here. Yeah. Just slip your head up. Yeah, no. I'll start again. <laughs> she put me off now. Slip your hand up inside the urn and lever it off me head, do you see? Oh, very well. Right. Here. Oh, what? Oh. What? Oh, no. My no. hand, it's stuck. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Oh, one thing to do. What's that? Change your name to Eric. Then we can do a double act. Call ourselves Eric and Urn. 
What a pretty came and jammed in a jar with a woman I wasn't even stuck on. I had only one course of action, but I abandoned that and instead sent for the British consul. Sorry I'm late, old boy. Been having trouble at the embassy oh? with a diplomatic bag. I know I saw her. <laughs> I recognize that kind of joke. You're the nasty little wagster on the plane. In jail, eh, old boy? <laughs> Hope you rot forever. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. No. It doesn't matter about me here in jail. See her here. This beautiful medical, this practitioner, this one here. See, Mrs. Ian, who's got her mitts stuck up inside me urn here, you see. Yes, oh, please, do get this thing off his head. Madam, I wish, I wish you'd stop wriggling your hand about. <laughs> your fingers and my ear have never been introduced. Certainly I'll help a woman in distress. I'll put my hand up inside the urn on the other side and try to lever it off this fool's head. Uh, oh, no. What? Guess what, old boy? You've got your hands stuck now. This is a fine state of affairs, isn't it? I've got a human being hanging from each of my earrings. <laughs> from a distance, it looks as if I'm wearing the world's largest earrings. <laughs> you miserable bunch of Moroccans, let us out! That's not the way to do it, old boy. Oh, no, you can't talk to these people like that. Well, you do it. You're a diplomat. Very well, old boy. Let us out of here, you repulsive foreign bunch of camel droppings. <laughs> I think we know what you mean, yes. That's much better. No, it isn't. What? We're still in jail. I suppose this means we'll both have to go with you when you attend your trial. Of course. Don't worry, all three will be on trial. All three will be on trial, you see. This urn is stolen property, and you've both got a hand in it. <laughs> it's, it's clever bits of this. We were taken to the courtroom. I told the others we had nothing to... <laughs> I told the others we had nothing to worry about. When I saw the president of the court standing in the dock, an eminent a doctor... What's in the dock? I mean, don't sense this. <laughs> when the... <laughs> Tell you why it makes no sense. I'm not saying it right, that's why. <laughs> when the president of the court saw standing in the dock... An eminent doctor, a British diplomat, and an actor of repute. It was obvious we would get a fair trial. Silence! This court is now in session. Guilty! You are hereby sentenced to 14 years imprisonment and then to be deported. <laughs> Have you anything to say? <laughs> Yes. Can we be deported first? Certainly. extra, would you don't flog yourself to death? <laughs> we found ourselves on the first sound effects out of Morocco. <laughs> it was a huge transport plane full of art treasures. Yes, my two hangers-on and the urn was going to be part of an exhibition of North African art at the Tate Gallery. I can't go back to England like this. I know, I agree. 
I mean, me with a bit of me, I hate this sort of hanging around the Tate Gallery making an exhibition of myself. There's only one way we can avoid getting back to England. How's that? We'll have to hijack the plane. Hijack the plane, good idea. But where are we going to? Cairo. I know a young doctor in Cairo. He's very shy with women, but brilliant. We may be able to persuade him to remove the urn. We will, because the virgin surgeon needs no urgent. <laughs> Well, Mr. Howard, you got us into this mess so you can jolly well get us out again. You hijacked the plane. What, me? My state of health? Yes, here comes the captain now. Oh, very well. <clears throat> I say, a uh, captain... Well, what is it? A uh, 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 hijack. My name's Jeremy. Oh, hi, Jeremy. I mean, uh, no, I mean, this is a, a high, uh, uh, joking, high, uh... Get on with the job. I can't, I haven't got a gun. Take the one out of my inside pocket. All diplomats have arms. I know that. One of them's having an affair with my right ear. Wait a minute. <laughs> right. I've taken the gun out of your inside pocket. Listen, Captain. Do you know what I'm holding in my hand? It's a banana. Precisely. <laughs> I've slipped up. Wait, I'm finished. I've slipped up. Take us to a banana republic. Put that banana down. What? I leave myself defenseless? Mr. Howard, you cannot be trusted to do anything. Now, here you are. I've written down what you have to say on the back of this prescription. Righto. Oh, here we are, back of the script, yes. Captain Dry. Fly. Fly. Pardon? That word is fly. Fly, yeah, but it's your writing. Typical doctor's writing. You can't read it. Surprise, there isn't a worldwide epidemic of bad writing now. Get on with it. Right, here we are. Fly this drain. Plane. Plane. Pardon? That's plane. Right. Fly this Why plane. Plane. Yeah, but it, says, it definitely says drain. Doesn't it, Captain? Drain. Th that is correct. That's right. Fly this plane to Biro. Ah! Oh, <laughs> see, if you... To your pen friend. <laughs> that word is Cairo. Yes, oh, foolish Francis. Captain, fly this plane to Cairo. Oh, you're hijacking this plane. You catch on fast. <laughs> Isn't education a wonderful thing? Well, how long will it take us to get to Cairo? Uh, oh, four or five. How long will it take? Four or five hours. Well, what are we going to do for all that time? Oh, it's obvious. Now, it's obvious. Come along, everyone, all together. One, two, three. And I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling I'm having been listening to Frankie Howard's illustrious memoir, starring, of course, the illustrious Frankie Howard, with June Whitfield, Ray Fell, and Dennis McCarthy. The memoirs were written by David McKellar and David Nobbs, and the program was produced by David Hatch. 